Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. now for The Drive with Mark Ennis, presented by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis. Welcome into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. It is me by my lonesome for a bit. With Luke uh, once again off with uh, ACC Network duties. Probably tried to catch up with him a little bit later on in the week. I know he was on uh, with Drew uh, this morning, which you'll be able to see him on the ACC Network tonight. But Coach Lieberman going to jump in here with us uh, a little bit later on. It almost feels like summer with so many of us sort of coming and going and taking little bits of time off here uh, right now uh, that here we are. Uh, Spencer's out. Luke's out. So Tanner's just you and I. Yeah, Bob, Nick's gone. But Phil's, Nick Phil's in filling in today. Phil's out. We had Phil called into the V show from the hospital waiting room, and I was just picturing how funny it would be if it was just like some dudes waiting to get his like foot fixed or something, and then it's like, ah, oh, I'm thriving in pain. What's this idiot talking Some about? Code sports? red in the background, getting <laughs> called. Yeah, I tell you what, I was uh, my brother when I was down visiting him uh, last week uh, at the VA hospital. Lots of code reds at the VA hospital, and I it, it can't be as as dire as it sounds in the movies when there's some sort of code red because there were lots of them, and it didn't seem to alarm anyone like it did me. It's got to take some getting used to that sort of thing. I don't speak the uh, the language there. Uh, we've got a lot uh, to get into here. We are getting to the end. And I heard uh, Diener and uh, Blankenbaker just a little bit uh, this morning talking about Eric Crawford's uh, article uh, that, that kind of caught them off guard with the title saying the end is near. And they really just meant that the season, the end of the season is near. Uh, and then some quotes uh, from Kenny. But we are getting close uh, to the end, at least of the games. Uh, in which, what, look, I think a lot of us, still believe this is going to be the the end of things as we know them now uh, and a moving forward uh, towards a, a new coach and new leadership around here. But that's obviously not done yet, uh, despite what was written. Uh, and I guess I, I should give them credit for dominating the discussion for about 24 hours or so, 36 hours. Everything has revolved around what was re, uh, revealed uh, or reported in Rick's article about five-star recruits quite literally falling out of the sky uh, to, to Louisville all of a sudden, and we will see if it plays out that way uh, in reality, because I, I do think we can all remember hearing that Carter Knox was about to commit several weeks ago as well, and that hasn't really happened yet uh, either, but I've got some additional thoughts on that article. A lot of positive feedback yesterday from many of you, and I appreciate that. Uh, we try to be sincere. Uh, tell you what we think and I haven't changed my mind in the least but I have tried to think about this from some other angles Uh, and Rick addressed uh, the furor that his own article created last night on uh, the little overtime segment that he does uh, with Eric Crawford which I encourage you to watch to at least get his own understanding of his own article and I thought he revealed a little bit there too uh that can help us understand maybe how that thing got written and what's really being said uh, in there. And it doesn't change my mind in the least about what I think is really going on in that article. Now, I'm looking at the phones here, Tanner. We'll just do this on the air here. Uh, what's happening here? That uh, someone's been on hold for three hours and the other lines are all like, what's we're good, right? I, the, I'm asking if the phones are good here. 
Yeah, no, they're good. They're okay. Just, I, don't, I, don't, I just walked into I just that. want to make sure, because I know we had some work done on them earlier. Uh, I don't think any of them are going to beep like we're getting a call on call waiting or anything like that. Like, we're good. All right. All right. I feel better about this. Uh, we will talk with Tyler Griever uh, at 3.30. I haven't checked in uh, with him in a bit. And, of course, it's Tuesday. We will also uh, talk with Jeff Walls, who I would imagine uh, is not, ha- not a happy camper at all. And I can't, uh, I can't wait to hear what he has to say because he does not hold back either. Will he be chopping wood this time? Well, I, I, you know, he's, he sounds very different when we get him on here and he's mad at his own team and himself than when he's mad at like a ref, the refs or yeah. the league or, or, you know, the NCAA overall or things like that. Uh, he tends to, uh, that tends to come out sideways, but he... It was a good reminder that he's uh, he's very good at the media management part of the job, and that is a skill, and not every coach has that. Uh, so we'll talk about that. Uh, we are waiting uh, for this Louisville team to get back in action tomorrow against Duke. That's tomorrow night. It's been a week. It feels like – doesn't it feel like it has been forever since they played now? Like that Notre Dame game was as miserable a way as possible for this team to to go into a week off. Do you think the week off was better for the fans or the players? I don't think it was better for us at all. No, I I, I think in any – look, this just sort of – irate stew uh, that we've had. No, we've all just had to sort of float in here for the past week. And I think if anything else, just some fresh data uh, for us to chew on and fight about and argue about and get mad about. Uh, if Rick was uh, Bozich was going for reaction, it's fair to say he got it. And I don't think that's what he was going for. Uh, I want to be clear. I, I don't want anyone to think. I don't believe there's an ounce of cynicism in anything that he's written. I think he believes it all. Do you? Because you get a lot of people who will say these things that uh, like he's sort of being uh, just sort of being the yin and yang with with Air Crawford. I don't believe that. I think I think he believes what he's writing and what he's being told. Uh, yeah, I thought the first couple articles that he wrote this year, I was like, eh, all right, maybe he's just being nice. And now I'm just like, oh, no, you you truly believe this, huh? Like it's. Eh, it's not not the best look by any means, but hey, he's got a he's got an audience for a reason, and he's doing a good job at sports writing because he's getting a lot of people mad, and that will get your viewership up on articles and whatnot. So he did address. Do we have it handy here where we could play this? All right, I, it's about three minutes. I don't know that we need to play all of it, uh, but I'll I'll uh, I'll give you the signal when it's time to cut here. But he did address this article with Eric Crawford last night, and I wanted to let you guys hear this in case you weren't able to to get on what is it the WDRB Plus uh, app and and download it and listen to it. Uh, here's what he had to say about the article, why he wrote it, that sort of thing. Rick, you wrote, you laid out a scenario uh, for Kenny Payne to remain at the University of Louisville. Some of the steps that he would hope to be taken. You mentioned a couple of five-star level recruits, which are nothing to be sneezed at at Louisville, who are considering the Cardinals, one of whom I think is expected to commit this week, perhaps. Uh, tell us what, you know, what went into that column and what path back you see for Kenny Payne? Well, let's be, let me say this up front. I understand the anger, and I mentioned that right off the bat, that he hasn't done enough to deserve a third year. Uh, And I know that fans are mad, and the majority of fans are mad, and most people don't want to hear this, but Kenny Payne still has at least two and a half weeks to go in this season, and he hasn't quit yet. And he's out there trying to find a path forward, and I think the path forward he has presented so far, or is trying to present, uh, is one worth discussing and writing about and a lot of people read it and it would be this uh two top 15 top 20 recruits one in the class of 24 the other in the class of 25 who's going to reclassify are this close to committing to louisville yeah. uh, and i think they will commit to louisville if they get a guarantee that kenny payne will be the coach next year now we'll get to the rest of that topic in a second and the other thing is i think he realizes if he comes back he's going to have to make changes uh and changes would include his coaching staff so right. i think we that's can gonna be enough we can pause it uh, there that's at least him sort of owning it i thought the and it's not what he intended i think to be uh the most revealing part of that is rick saying he this is the plan he's presenting when when is Kenny presenting this plan? This is the plan you're presenting. 
we haven't heard anything like this from Kenny, and we also haven't heard anything like this from anyone else that covers recruiting about these guys. Now, maybe what Rick means is this is the plan he's presenting to him because none of the rest of us have heard of this at all. And I'll have you know, I spent most of the afternoon just sort of scouring the internet for articles for these. uh, There are people whose lives revolve around following recruiting, college basketball recruiting. It is a professional industry where people wear these kids out and the people around them and their families and everything, finding out every single thing they can find. There's nothing. There's nothing about the Sanan, I, I feel badly, I want to make sure, Sanan kid in particular, uh, that, that he's about to commit to Louisville. In fact, in a couple of the updates from January, uh, the indication was that he plans to very much take his time uh, with this entire process, uh, having just visited Kansas with his family, uh, that, that this was going to be something everyone's going to need to be patient about, even as he considers also reclassifying. And so I wonder where this is in the recruiting grapevine and how is it that only Rick Bozich knows about this? I think, I think it's reasonable to, to wonder where this is coming from. But I don't, I don't think that he'd just sort of hang Rick out to dry, like, yeah, go out there and run with this, like we're going to get him, and, and it, there not be something to it. But nobody else seems to know about this. And I think I'm allowed to be just the tiniest bit skeptical about that, right? Yeah. No, you're totally right. I haven't seen any other reports besides Bojic. No crystal balls, no articles about it. Like, even when people were wrong about things that were going on, like with the DJ Wagner stuff where people were changing uh, their crystal ball predictions for Louisville and that sort of thing, there was at least some some independent verification of of some of this. Uh, and, And no one else in recruiting seems to have thought that's what was going on here and i can tell you that there are some folks who are quite skeptical uh, of what he and his family are up to but i know this time of year many of you and this was the same way a couple of years ago get very discouraged by what we have already seen now a couple of times this year and that's here's a name that gets floated around as a possibility for louisville as the head coach and then after a couple of weeks we hear this person got a contract extension from their school. Bruce Pearl, a couple of years ago, was kind of the big one. Uh, that last time, uh, and, and this time, I think there was some bubbling rumors that maybe Greg McDermott would be an option uh, for Louisville. Then you get the announcement just a couple of days ago that he's working on an extension at Creighton that will take him uh, basically to the end of his professional career. Uh, and now there the rumors that Musselman might be somebody that would be on uh, on the table here. It seems like that's going to be something that doesn't happen. He's going to work things out and sort of settle down uh, there at Arkansas. And, and everyone gets tired of Louisville being used, for lack of a better word, to get these guys raises and extensions and now we live in the world of nil and i can't help but but fear the kids can do this now too that highly sought after kids uh, that can see a desperate coach coming and that same thirst that fans have for someone that makes them clamor for someone and that person using, uh, leveraging is the right word, I think, leveraging that interest in getting more from where they are or more from where they'd really like to go. Uh, We live in a world now where recruits can do that too. And I'm, these kids have been on the radars of programs for a very long time. And now there's very few of them that that aren't very sophisticated at this sort of thing, right? Like they know they're allowed to ask for things. No one's shy about it. Uh, There are, you know, reports out there for kids asking for six figures just to take visits. Like that, that happens often. I think we would all be somewhat appalled by how often that sort of thing is happening. Uh, Imagine what a recruit that is this sought after and probably would be this impactful for just about anybody who's taking visits to Kansas and Duke and Kentucky and all these places where so he can go anywhere he wants to. Imagine him and family or advisors or anybody else around them 
seeing a desperate coach who's trying to map out some strategy here uh, for for buying himself another season, especially when that coach has no recruits committed at the time. I think we are all we've all learned to be rightly skeptical or at least uh, trepidatious about getting super excited about a coach possibility uh, here because they could be using us to get a raise. This feels like that to me. Because it, I don't know if it's Trenton Flowers or if it's Brian Bowen, uh, but a kid who hasn't visited, just his parents visited, that no one's really talked about being interested in Louisville at all. Uh, up until extremely recently, suddenly being interested in Louisville and might commit this week. That screams to me either they're overpaying uh, or this is someone who sees lever- or knows leverage when he sees it. And that's a, that is not the kind of situations where you have developed a good relationship with somebody and that guy knows exactly what he's getting into and the coaches believe in him. And he believes in them, and they will sort of stick with it through thick and thin. It's a, it, like the Carter Knox, I, I, would, I have none of these concerns about. Like, I think that could be legitimate because he's known them for a very long time. But this thing, this just feels like Bruce Pearl getting an extension at, out of Auburn because Louisville might be interested, and let's head that off now. And if I was a recruit, there's really nothing wrong with doing that at all. I'm not blaming him if that's what's happening here at all. But I, I think we're all entitled to be quite a bit skeptical about how sincere this interest is. And the truth is, like, if the kid were to commit right now, he can't even sign anyway. All he can do is mouth a commit and cash a check. And if it's really true that that on the basketball side, uh, the NIL stuff gets done outside of the 502 circle and is a little bit more direct, uh, there's not even really kind of institutional protections here to keep this from just being a cash grab. I've like never really thought about that, especially when you said like you got kids asking like for six figures for visits. I've never ever thought about that being a possibility. And some coaches are turned off by that, but some aren't. Uh, I, I've I've heard. Not horror stories because they're allowed to ask for money. Hell, I mean they've got right, they've got value. Uh, there's demand for them, but uh, large amounts of money just to visit. And so for me, I, I'm skeptical of this uh, and the fact that he can't sign or anything until the next signing uh, window opens. Uh, it just doesn't move the needle for me. But the idea of this being a plan that Kenny's presenting, I don't know to whom he is presenting said plan, except for to Rick Bozich. And so I'm skeptical of, uh, of all of this, uh, even if the kid is the mouth. Like, he doesn't have to actually commit himself to anything to sort of make that commitment. Doesn't have to, He can't sign anything. He doesn't have to sign anything, probably won't sign anything. And even when they do, we're all allowed, I think, just an extra amount of skepticism after what happened with Trenton Flowers. To say nothing of the fact that, again, this... This is and this is the way it's been with him. Unfortunately, with Kenny, uh, it contradicts his own stated purpose in so many of these things. This is a a reclassified kid, who and those kids routinely come with their own set of challenges because they're younger, uh, often uh, somewhat more immature, uh, and and don't often work out nearly as much. And I don't know anyone who really like. For what it's worth, like his video highlights that sort of thing. He looks good as hell. Like he's super fun to watch. But doesn't dramatically sort of meet uh, even what I think. It's just another 6'5", really kind of athletic guy in a roster that's just going to be overloaded with those guys. And it's it's worrisome to me that this feels like rather than a studied plan, a, a an actual you know, bullet point listed plan. Here's what I'm going to do differently. And here's what's going to help. It's just, I need impact guys. Who can we pay? That's what it feels like. I mean, think about the roster, what's needed, what the deficiencies are and how this really helps with that. But I do want to say one thing. I thought a little bit further on in that clip, when they discussed this Eric Crawford and Rick Bose yesterday, I thought Eric made a good point. And I think he deserves, uh, I'm going to 
acknowledge this. It probably is a mistake to just sneeze at the fact that Louisville might get a couple of five-star kids to commit. We have pined for this for a very long time. And we thought that's what Kenny would do when he got here. But we're also discerning people. And this doesn't feel like what we thought how he would even get five-star kids. Now, Carter Knox does. We understand the relationship there, that sort of thing. But this feels a whole lot like at the last minute, sort of jump in here, uh, like with Trenton Flowers, and here we are. You probably have overpaid for something that's not a guarantee uh, anyway. And it just feels like something haphazardly put together or this is the best thing I can come up with. And it really only addresses one part of this. And even that, addressing recruiting, doesn't deal with the fact that you yourself said these are the kinds of players who can't help you. It contradicts. So he either gets these kids and we give him credit for getting these kids, but now we we have to discount what he said just a few weeks ago about who can help the team in the first place and who can help the team next year. And who can help the team get better defensively? Because he himself, in an effort to excuse how the team plays right now, has blamed their inexperience and said that young kids from the AAU circuit don't know how to do any of these things. And now we're supposed to believe that like a vital part of the plan is to bring in guys who are even younger, a freaking reclassify. Uh, which, again, I, I do think it is a fair point that you should not get you should not just roll your eyes at bringing in five-star players there have been very few recruiting classes where Lowell's ever been able to do anything like that and if he does it's not a bad thing but it's it doesn't mean that he gets the benefit of the doubt now uh, because of it and there really isn't a very good answer for why all of the sudden this is the plan when you told us something else was the plan. You're the one that told us uh, that your plan was to go get older guys in the portal after the season because freshmen can't play over your freshmen and freshmen don't play defense. So how do like these are special ones? These ones do? Is that I mean, what's the explanation here? And I really hate that things have gotten, I think, this ugly to where we're finding ways to not be thrilled about five-star guys perhaps being interested but i think in your heart of hearts no matter where you where you stand on on all of this this feels way more manipulative than successful doesn't like this feels way more like blackmail like we said yesterday than reassurance yeah that's how it feels to me yeah couldn't have said it any better it just seems like a last-minute effort to maybe try and get to year three. Oh, I can get these guys. Might be too late for that. That's the problem. And a couple of you have pointed out yesterday and today that Joshua did not keep Scott Satterfield with the promise of recruits. I don't think he would do the same with Kenny. I agree with that. I mean, ultimately, uh, our the biggest question about him is what you do with the players that are here. Uh, this is definitely... Uh, a roster that's more talented and I think more bought in than the one a year ago. And they're really not better at any of the technical stuff. And in the places where they are numerically or statistically better than a year ago, really, I think it's just they got better players than they had a year ago. I think when it comes to how they are trained and deployed as players uh, and as a team, it's the same. And that's really what Louisville wants from its coach is somebody who you trust, like no matter who is out there, he's going to get the absolute best out of them and give them a chance to win. And he's not really given any of us any reassurance about any of that. And firing assistant coaches after saying the best, like he's cut off all his own exits. He's already declared all of these other things that are not the problem or are the problem. And then he wants to fix it in ways he said that, should, that won't fix it. And I hate this. Like I don't enjoy doing shows like this. Uh, and I don't, I don't love fighting against good news. <laughs> but that's not my fault. It's his fault. It's his fault that, that we have all kind of been put in a position where we don't even really get to enjoy what would normally be unequivocally good news. And that might be the best indicator of sort of just how far things have fallen here. That we're all like, ah, five star, I don't believe it. Like, how in the world is that possible? But the, 
this is how this is possible. You know, before uh, I left to come in and, and do the uh, the hour with Louie like I do on every Tuesday, it just so happens like YouTube, you go to just the main YouTube page and the algorithm's like, here's weird stuff you like to watch. Uh, and I share an account with my kids so I can see what they watch. And it, the algorithm thinks I'm crazy. Like it's, if you want to know how to do stuff on Roblox, I got you. But it brought up, because I watched some of these overtime videos uh, from WDRB, it brought up Eric Crawford's article or excuse me, his like video uh, diary thing from well over a year ago when Louisville lost the ACC opener to Miami. And I believe they were 0-8 at that point. And you know, the truth is, if I were to play that for you right now, it's every single thing we're talking about right now. It, it, it is a, it's a time capsule, but if I were to simply change the names of the teams that, he were, that, that Louisville had played and played it for you right now, it's the same thing. And it was just kind of a jarring reminder that we really haven't moved any further down the road than we thought they would. Uh, and that's the biggest, I think, disappointment about all of this. So let's take a quick break here. Again, Coach Lee, we're going to join us here uh, a little bit later on. But we'll talk with somebody who works alongside those guys, Tyler Griever at WDRB. Uh, we'll get his thoughts on this and a handful of other things on the other side here. On the drive on Athenaville, I'll be right back. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. You're listening to The Drive, presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's Mark Ennis. Welcome back into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis here. We're going to talk with uh, Tyler Griever right now here, so we'll give him a call here uh, in just a moment. A couple of other texts. Texture says, right now it's speculation if he actually commits to Louisville, that's different. I mean, yeah, if he actually commits to Louisville, I suppose that is somewhat different. Again, I don't think any of it's enough. Uh, th- look, even if the commitment is firm, uh, I, I think I think Josh has already sort of shown this is not nearly uh, enough uh, to hold on to a coach. Again, Scott Satterfield, who had more in his pro column uh, than, than Kenny does uh, at this point as a coach uh, and was more out of the league than what no- Louisville normally recruits in terms of football uh, than what Kenny would allegedly or supposedly be doing here with basketball recruits. Uh, and so I don't think it would be enough uh, on its own. Now, if they were to sort of rattle off some sort of really, really un- unforeseen run down the stretch here, sure. Uh, maybe that's a different conversation. Uh, but I, I think given the way that the uh, the Notre Dame game went last Wednesday and the fact that uh, that I think you're probably going to get a pretty pissed off Duke team after the way their Wake Forest game went, uh, somewhat uh, fearful of how that game is going to go uh, for this Louisville squad uh, this time on the road here uh, against Duke. Again, a Duke team, I think, going to be eager uh, to get that freaking Wake Forest game uh, out of their mouths here. And we are joined now by Tyler Griever from WDRB. Tyler, how is everything going for you, buddy? You doing all right? Yeah, man, just uh, drinking a nice coffee, watching some Louisville baseball. They're up three to nothing and putting together some stuff for the shows later, so... Another day for me. I kind of became an iced coffee addict out of nowhere. I don't know when that started, but I spent too much money on it. But you got to have that one vice in your life, you know, that you just you just treat yourself to when you probably shouldn't. And mine has become iced coffee. Oh, that's iced coffee, huh? I, I do not get it. I know. Uh, I think Chrissy Banta is a, a huge uh, iced coffee fan too. So maybe you could blame her. Uh, mm-hmm. Not me. I don't have the yeah. taste for that, man. I'm not an iced coffee guy. Not at all, actually. I'm telling you, it came out of nowhere. Like, I, I used to not, like, really drink coffee at all. 
I, I, you know, and it's not even, I don't even think I'm one of those who like, oh, you, you know, you know those people who are like, I'm not the same person without my two cups. Like, no, that's not me. I, I'm fine. I just genuinely like the, the pace and stuff. So it's new territory for me. It's like you, you get older and you like new things. And, and me, this is the most basic uh, white girl within me is drinking iced coffee every day. So that's, that's my vice. Uh, Tyler, what, uh, in however you wish to talk about this, uh, your, uh-huh. your own reaction uh, to your, your partner there uh, at WDRB and his, uh, his putting forward the plan that Kenny is, is allegedly uh, working on uh, to perhaps get mm-hmm. year three and how realistic it seems to you uh, and maybe how surprised you are about one of the names uh, that's rumored to be associated with Louisville seemingly coming, relatively speaking, out of nowhere. Yeah, well, I'll approach this from a, a couple different vantage points for a second. Um, number one, I, I don't think Rick and I agree on how we view Kenny uh, in general and forms of the job he's done and things of that nature. But, you know, I, what I will say for Rick is that I know Rick works as hard as anybody to vet stuff out and source stuff out and really try to nail down whether we like it or not what KP is trying to do to earn a year free and you know recruit who we can recruit now separating that do I think it ultimately matters if you've got two top 20 recruits five top 10 recruits or 10 top 100 recruits no I don't because there is talent on this team right now. And I, and I understand that they've dealt with injuries and, and various things, but I watched Tyler Johnson, I watched Caleb Glenn, I watched Curtis Williams, and I'm like, those are three guys who I think you can do something with that. I don't know what you can do, but you can do something better than what's been going on here in recent years. And I still see the same basketball problems that we have been talking about for two years. So if you're putting the decision in my hands, which <laughs> thank God nobody's doing that, but that's, that's way above my pay grade. Um, I don't think he deserves a third year. I don't think he should be brought back. Uh, I think the damage has been done from a basketball perspective, a business perspective, a PR perspective. People are laughing at Louisville basketball, and that should never, ever even be close to the case for a top 10 program of all time. should never be that way. Louisville should never be four and twenty-eight. All of these different new historic lows we've seen them hit—they have no business even being close to that. And that, for me, is enough to lose your job. So, I—I I don't know if that's fully, or you know, if that's the answer you guys wanted to hear out of me. But huh? in terms of, you know, my thing is that I think you. There's not a whole lot you can do to defend what we have seen on the basketball court. Like, I mean, strip everything else away. Strip the personal stuff away. Strip the Kenny's tied to the university away. All of that stuff. Just focusing on basketball. No, I don't think there is a, an argument to, to bring him back. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of where I stand on it. Uh, I appreciate Rick explaining his position a little bit more, which, you know, he's earned that over the years to, to do it. And I think the three of us, we're not always going to agree on everything when it comes to certain topics, but I think that's why we really respect each other and work well together is because we are able to disagree, break things down, and still work together towards our common goal, which is making WDRB sports uh, the leader in this market. So I'm a believer in journalism being an open forum, an open marketplace for ideas, even when I don't necessarily like them or agree with them. And I think that's what we try to do every day. That doesn't mean pushing unsubstantiated narratives just for the sake of a shock jock or to try and get clicks or no, that's how that's never the aim. That's never the intention. And if anything ever comes across that way, then I'll wear it because I'm the sports director and that's fine. And I can respond to that. But I think that the three of us 
are doing all we can to cover this topic, which plenty of people care about in a variety of ways. I don't blame them in the best way possible. Um, so that's, that's a full answer to it. Sure. I don't know if that's what anybody wants to hear or to be honest with you, frankly, don't care if it's what you want to hear. I'm going to explain it the way I know it goes down. And I think that's something about me is like, I'll always stand up here and explain something as long as we're going to have an honest conversation about it. So that that's kind of where how I look at it. Were you uh, Tyler? Were you surprised by the 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 level of furor over the article itself, uh, or, or maybe maybe you weren't? But were you surprised by it? I mean, it carried almost our entire show uh, yesterday, and I'm leading off with it again. Yes. They addressed it themselves, uh, and then if. How much of the furor over it do you think was driven by the fact that it, it seemed so um, ill-timed after the Notre Dame game? I could see it after, you know, they'd won two out of three and that sort of thing. But in particular, after the thud of the Notre Dame game, it seemed uh, especially ill-timed. Yeah, I mean, I think that ties into it. Yeah, I mean, they just put off the worst performance. I mean, the fact that we can sit here and say that that is arguably the worst performance of the Kenny Payne era. I mean, that's saying something because we've seen a lot of them. Uh, that one was pretty damn bad by every stretch, considering the opponent, you're at home, how you lost, all of these things. So, I mean, I think that plays into it. But I also think that people, and, and I'm, again, I just explained that I don't really think you should get a third year. There are plenty of people out there who, who don't want to hear anything about a possible year three or a plan for a year three if there is one. And I, I understand that. If you're a fan who's just completely sick of this and you want to move on, then I get why you're pissed off. You have every right to be pissed off. This city, like, here's the thing about covering sports. I'll take a city like Louisville that cares to the umpteenth degree about something to the point where they do get this angry about a story or how something's going. I will take that every day of the week over another city that's just like, eh, you know, yeah, they're bad, whatever. That's not sports. That's never how we consume sports. We're passionate about it. That's why we do what we do. It's why the first, you know, that's why our team here, we love what we do. We want to do this. That's why I tell people all the time when, you know, oh, my God, covering Louisville basketball has got to be, you know, such a drag. And I'm like, you know what, man, we cover them if they're 30 and 0 or 0 and 30. It doesn't matter. It, it, it doesn't. You got to just do it the same way. So I think it ties into it that it was after the Notre Dame game and it was horrific. And we're all kind of talking about what we think is going to happen, which is they move on from him. But the fact of the matter is, is that that decision is not ours. It rests with other people who we can express an opinion about all day long and report what we hear from certain sources. And stuff. that is not going to make the decision. The, the people in charge will eventually make it. And so part of our job, whether anybody likes it or not, is to explain that if he does somehow get a year three, here's the path to doing that. And, again, whether we agree with that or not is a whole other issue entirely. Talking with uh, Tyler Grieber from WDRB here. Uh, Tyler, have you had a chance to weigh in uh, definitively on where you stand with regards to court storming? Uh, we've seen uh, from leave it alone, stop being a killjoy, yeah. to arrest them all, uh, and then lots right. of uh, suggestions in between. Where, given that Louisville's going to play the receiving end of said court storming tomorrow night, where are you at on all this? I, I'm totally fine with adjusting it to look out for the safety of the players more because, I mean, I've been on fields and courts where it does get stormed, and you're like, okay, i got to brace for this. I know it's coming, and I don't want to get trampled or ran over. I actually give Louisville fans a lot of credit when, when, when they came on the, fa- the field for the Notre Dame football win. Uh, everybody was very gracious in terms of, like, I would tell them, hey, guys, I'm trying to get through. I'm, you know, I'm trying to do my job. And everybody was fine. Everybody was good. Uh, obviously, that's a much different situation when it's your home field and they're storming and you're celebrating with them. It, the, the, the opponent's going to have a completely different vantage point. But I don't mind the idea of instituting like a countdown clock of some sort to let everybody get off the court and then let them storm. Because we all want the visual. We want the photo op. ESPN, Jay Billis can poo-poo it all he wants, but... Uh, ESPN, every camera shot they take once the court is stormed is of exactly that. 
they have their cameras on it. They'll lead into Sports Center with it if it's right off of the game. That's their lead shot. So they want it, but you got to figure out a way to make it safer. And I'm all for that. Um, but I, I hope they stick around. I just let's just use some rational thinking, some reasonable thinking to say this is a part of the sport. It's a cool part of it. Let's just make it a little bit safer. I think that's fine. See, I'm with you. I, I'm with like we don't need to get rid of it. Uh, deal with the kids who mess with the players from the other team, and and let's keep some of the. This is not the professional uh, leagues here. I, I'm completely uh, with you on that. Uh, I know we're going to talk with Jeff Walls here uh, at 4:30, Tyler, uh, and I suspect he again will not be very happy uh, with the way that that Virginia yeah. game went. Uh, this is the time of year where you're, uh, what, Air Crawford said it best, you want to be uh, gathering hay, not laying eggs, uh, and they laid an egg uh, in that game. Uh, very uh, surprising, and he kind of let the team have it. Your your reaction to, hey, I'm going to call all of you out here in midcourt and be like, I hope you're proud of yourself. We've never done this before, and it's not a good thing. Oh, that's Jeff. Yeah. You know, I mean, that that's Jeff to a T, and it's what I appreciate about him. I, I don't think – I don't ever come out of a news conference or an interview and think, man, I wonder how Jeff feels about this. Eh, no, you're going to know, right, wrong, or indifferent. Um, and I think that's why he's a good coach. Now, the problems they're having, again, like defensively, they are not up the standard for your usual Jeff Wall teams. We've seen that. They have enough balanced scoring to be able to win some games where they're still not defending very well. But where the line of separation is, is when you get to this time of the year and you're playing really, really good teams, then your biggest weakness becomes a pretty poor problem. So it's nominally improving the defense to a point where it's manageable. Not to where, wow, this is going to lose us the game. It's, okay, how can we cover up enough to be able to rely on the scoring that we have to win games. And that's that's what I think they've they've got to grow a little bit. And I think that the faith that people have in Jeff to be able to figure it out to make a run is well established because he's a great X of the nose coach and he's got the track record. So uh, but it's interesting. I, I really thought after they beat Notre Dame at home that they'd have a better stretch than this, but it's definitely been rough for them. How much of this do you think is just uh, attributable to the fact that like the a large part of like the important vital kind of core of this team? This is their first real rodeo with Jeff, uh, and, and the it's a it's a long season. It's sort of getting ready for, for being in exactly what you want to be at the end of the season. Here, none of them have really had a chance to do this, and certainly haven't done it with him yet. How much of it do you think of that as a factor? I think it's a factor. I've spoken before. I think the variance between year to year for various programs is going to keep showing because if you rely on the portal, you're not going to have a 100% hit rate every single year. It's just not going to happen. But you look elsewhere and you want to look for the future. I mean, I think he's doing a pretty damn good job on the recruiting trail right now with what they're going to bring in for next year from a freshman standpoint. Um, but it, it's always an adjustment when – you're used to having the Mikasa Robinsons and the, I mean, God, go down the whole list. I mean, Chrissy and Dave could probably do a better job than me, but so many players who came to define how Louisville women's basketball plays. To teach that now in a really constricted time, I mean, that's what you have to try and do. And I think Jeff, for the most part, has done a very good job of that, but it's still going to happen every now and then where, like, look, let's be honest, they're not a bad team by any means. They're just, we're looking at it and we're trying to evaluate if this is an Elite Eight Final Four team, and right now they don't look like it. But we've seen Jeff pull it out before, and he's earned that benefit of the doubt to be able to watch the tournament and see how they respond. But to your question, yes, I absolutely believe that some of that overall adjustment and getting to know each other has is, is probably played a role in some of this. Your 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 thoughts then, uh, Tyler, on these? It was kind of a bipolar weekend then uh, for the women because you had the thud of that Virginia game and probably, or at least, making it a lot longer yeah. shot that they play some postseason games at home. Uh, but the the confirmation, at least, that Olivia Cochran is going to be back and some very good recruiting news. Uh, certainly, every reason to be excited about next season as well. No, I think so, and I think the recruiting news is big because. 
we've talked about how NIL impacts football and men's basketball recruiting, but I think women's basketball and, and the collective feelings of, and I'm not speaking for them, I'm just going to draw a, I'm going to draw a conclusion that I think is reasonable and that they're getting some of these recruits, and I would think the 502 circle might be pointing more towards them and saying, okay, now we understand what the market is for players of this caliber. Jeff, what can we do to help you out? And that's a big deal. If you want to be an elite program like Louisville women's basketball is, and you still want to take that next step to winning a national championship, then this is what you have to do now. You have to invest in high-priced talent on the recruiting trail. Doesn't mean you're going to hit on every single one of them. But I do think Jeff's a pretty good talent evaluator. Um, and to be in the mix, how it's got to be. So I think that's the most positive development for the future of their program is to get recruits of this caliber while probably knowing some of what went into it. And that's, that's big for them. Uh, as uh, we're learning now, they're trying to hammer down out a, uh, a college football playoff uh, format. Uh, I can't imagine being in any kind of a leadership position in the NCAA right now. Uh, with mm-hmm. with I can't basically like the whole model sort of getting shut down in court, and you've got the Big Ten and the SEC just doing football without you. Uh, but uh, your right. degree of either surprise, disappointment, outrage, whatever, that uh, the 12-team playoff that everyone seems pretty excited about, uh, they're already talking about having to rig this thing to just basically be the Big Ten SEC Invitational. Well, I just don't know how many more times uh, we have to – or the NCAA or whoever the powers that be in college sports have to run with an idea before ever fully vetting these things out. Like, why would you, why would anybody try to push a proposal that you already want to change? It just doesn't make sense to me from a leadership standpoint. Like, if I have this uh, new segment idea that I want to try and I take it to my bosses, and then within a week, I'm like, oh, no, we're going to change it. Well, then it probably wasn't a very good idea in the first place if I already got to change it within a week. So that's how I view it. But, I mean, Mark, this is just what I've come to expect from college sports for almost 10 years. It's like I can talk about more times of instability than stability, especially in these times right now. And I, I wish I could say I'd see it getting better. But with all the different factors in play and the continued responses from different leadership groups, I'm not sure we're in a better place right now with any of this because there's nobody actually displaying real leadership to address the problems, if that makes sense. Where do you think ultimately this stuff with Virginia, and then we'll let you get out of here, buddy, the the, uh, Virginia, Tennessee basically sued to stop uh, transfer restrictions and NIL restrictions of any kind, uh, and they've at least been granted their stay. Uh, so right now, mm-hmm. all the rules are frozen with that sort of thing. Uh, and and the right. whole model just sort of seems up in the air. Where do you think this ultimately winds up uh, in, in terms of what the, the model for college sports looks like in the future? So I think I'm done trying to predict it uh, because I don't think any of us are very good at that. Yeah. <laughs> we probably should be, but we're not. But the only thing that makes sense to me moving forward is you need to look at the swaths of money you're bringing in in broadcast television revenue and figure out a way to cut that up and compensate people because that is the biggest pool of money you have right now. So we do all this boogeymanification of NIL and the portal and, and all of these things, and that's fine. We can keep doing that. It'll keep filling shows and articles and all that crap. But uh, the bottom line is the money's there. It is there. We know it's there. So the difference between now and previous years is that I don't think maybe we had it all spelled out the way we do now. Everything's said out loud. There is no quiet part with it. And I've said this before, but the next step in all of it, the video game is, is one interesting vessel to, to watch some of this come to proliferation. And I don't even think that that money is probably, quote-unquote, enough to fully compensate your name, image, and likeness. But it's a small step forward. But the real money we're talking about is the money that the execs of the different networks or the leagues, they got to let loose of some of that if you really want to see some real change. And, and that's how I see it um, now. Is that actually going to happen? Uh, well, 
one thing I'm starting to learn is like really rich people, no matter how much money they have, they'll fight every tooth and nail to try and keep every cent of it. So I don't know if that'll actually change, but that to me is the most, the easiest solution to assuage a, a bunch of different concerns, whether it be from the fans, the administrators at different schools, the coaches, the players. And, and from a coaching perspective, I know that I will give them this, is that I don't feel like the powers that be have listened to them enough on how crazy this has made their lives from a recruiting standpoint, from a roster retention standpoint. Everybody needs to be able to get away and have a life. I don't see how you do that in college sports anymore. Because there, when is there a day on the calendar when you shouldn't be recruiting, when you shouldn't be, uh, you know, hey, i got to kind of grease this palm in the NIL collective so we have a shot at getting this kid. Or, you know, we've got a freshman on this team who was a four-star recruit. He hasn't played enough yet. He's getting kind of pissed. So are his parents. I mean, this is stuff you're dealing with every single day. So from a practicality standpoint and overall happiness in your workplace – I can understand where the college coaches are coming from. And then John Hamm from Mad Men comes in to scream, that's what the money is for. Yep. And that's that's what we do. I don't know. I, you know, I, I'm having more trouble nowadays giving definitive answers to some of this stuff because I don't even think the people in the positions we're talking about have them. And they're, like, doing this on the fly, trying to figure it out. Maybe I'm just an aggrieved Mizzou fan because our athletic director just decided to leave for Arizona and I'm taking aim at administrators, but like, come on, man, what are we doing here? You know, that's that's just weird. It's a weird time in all of this, and I just don't think we're anywhere closer to the final form of it than we were a couple of years ago. Tyler Griever, WDRB man, always good uh, to talk with you, buddy. We'll do this again soon. Maybe we'll have uh, something other than the, this uh, battling and uh, rancor and that sort of thing to talk about here uh, in the near future, buddy. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. All right, boys. Thanks. All right. Tyler Griever, WDRB, good stuff uh, from him as always. There, uh, I look. I I appreciate the fact that they're all allowed to have their independent voices, just like we do here. Uh, no one requires us to have opinions about things or to be in lockstep. So, if uh, if uh, Diener and Blanka Baker or Maven or Louis or Bob or any of us have our own feelings, I promise you, none of us ever stake out a position that's just that position to be different from anyone else and we certainly never have anything dictated to us and if they try to wouldn't listen but they don't they don't let's take a quick break we'll come back coach Lee we're going to be in here with us for the rest of the show as well we'll open up the phones we'll hear from you guys jeff walls who we just talked about at 4 30 as well here on the drive on i thought the bill right back